The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you have called the poor, the blind, the oppressed to be part of your church. Let us live in that faith for our own life. Amen. So my opening illustration is about the government being partially shut down. So I want you to think for a minute that today is Thursday, because that's when I wrote that, okay? So we've been reading and watching and hearing stories about the impact of the partial shutdown in the government, and it's been heartbreaking. The only people who benefit are... Well, nobody. Some politicians think the longer the shutdown, the more likely they are to get their way. Maybe. But that's not exactly a benefit. It's a disregard for the people. 800,000 federal employees are receiving a paycheck. Some will never receive a paycheck. You add dependents to that list, and millions of people are affected. Many not able to pay their bills. Many who would be considered poor because of it. But there are bright spots. Many groups and individuals have come forward to help where they can. Some do it out of faith. Some do it out of civic responsibility. Some do it because they just care about people. Many restaurants and food marts are giving food or prepared meals free or greatly reduced prices. Large corporations and small Mexican restaurants and pet care and heating and air conditioning repair companies are giving free or low-cost help. The World Central Kitchen, a not-for-profit, has been feeding many people. They opened a new station at the Naval Memorial to help the Coast Guard. 
Muslim youths around the country have been cleaning up trash in national parks, including in Independence Hall, and asked why, and they said service to our nation and cleanliness are important parts of Islamic faith. To be poor. The text doesn't start right there. The text starts with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit that leads, fills, and empowers. Jesus in this text in Luke has just come back from the wilderness, time of fasting, and then temptation. And then he comes to start his ministry. So that Holy Spirit part, that Holy Spirit means change. Think about Luke. The shepherds come and they see a Savior born in Bethlehem, and they are changed. They go rejoicing and praising. Zacchaeus, the wee little man up in a tree, is changed. And he says, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. The thief on the cross, he is changed. He is given eternity in paradise. And in our lesson today, the people are changed. It's two parts, one today, one next week. But they are changed. They see Jesus as their hometown boy coming back. He has been teaching and preaching, and there have some miracles done, and they are excited about him. The text next week says they're not so excited about how he talks about God's grace given to all people, and the people end up being filled with rage. And they take him to a cliff, and he walks away from them. So, the Holy Spirit inside of Jesus brings about change. A change in attitude, maybe to one of rejoicing and praise, or maybe wanting to kill him. A change of how looking at what it means to be poor of giving rather than just getting. A change that comfort and hope are offered when there is despair and death, like in a partial government shutdown. There is change in that Holy Spirit. So in this text, we end up asking a question. Who are the poor? Who are the captive? Who are the blind? Who are those being oppressed? Who receives the year of our Lord? Ed Marquardt says, Good news is only good news when it meets the needs of the people. And God's story is always related to the needs of the people. For example, if a person's dying of cancer, the gospel is a strong word of resurrection. If a 
person has guilt in their life. Gospel is the word of forgiveness. If a person is suffering, then the gospel gives a prayer. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. If a person is starving, then the gospel is bread. If a person is a homeless refugee, then the gospel is freedom in a new homeland. The gospel may be free from political tyranny. The gospel is always related to human need. It's never a truth in a vacuum. The gospel is God's truth. The gospel is God's message. The gospel is God's action. The gospel is for a person in a, with a particular need, with a history. The gospel is God's truth action at changing our human situation. So the text starts out, who are the poor? If we look at the Mediterranean in Luke's day, the poor is one whose community has changed their situation. The community is based on a number of elements. Education, gender, family heritage, religious purity, vocation, economics. To be poor is not just not to have money. To be poor means that your status in your community has changed. It has gone, it has declined. So honor. Honor is part of being rich. Being poor is not having honor. And so Jesus opens the text. He gives a sermon. He reads from Isaiah, the good news has come to the poor, the captive, the blind, the oppressed. They aren't the powerful. They are the outcast. They are the ones who have no honor and therefore are poor. So Jesus declares, God sees all of us. Not just the powerful that the world lifts up, but God gives attention to those who are poor who the world doesn't want to see. We do it. We walk by a person and we don't see them. We do it. We see a person and we know that our attention has given them the meaning that their life matters. God touches the unseen. God touches us that we may see the unseen. 
And then God sees parts of us that we don't want to see. God sees the parts of us that are ugly and unlovable, and God loves us anyway. God doesn't wait for us to improve our lives. God is never satisfied when we're not all that we can be. And yet God loves us. He sees us. He loves us enough to forgive us. He loves us enough to challenge us. God loves us enough to send us out to see and love others that the world does not see. We become part of Jesus' sermon from Isaiah. The beginning of the text starts with the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. That same Spirit is upon us. We are called to be faithful, and we will make wrong decisions, and God will forgive us. And then God will work with his Holy Spirit to see and use those mistakes for something good. We will make right decisions, and God will take those actions, and that Spirit will use them in God's kingdom. We are called to be a community. Not a perfect community, a forgiven community. A community that works together to be with the, uh, the poor and the oppressed. How can we help the poor in our country? How can we help the elderly? How can we help single parents? How can we help the oppressed around the world? Those are questions that we can answer either on our own actions or our actions through our church, through the ELCA. Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and Jesus starts his ministry to be continued next week.